Yo, what's up, everybody? It is episode 23 of the Should I Play That podcast with Chris and Rod. How you doing, Rod? What's going on, my man? Oh, man. <clears throat> you already know. I feel like this is going to be my catchphrase, but nothing too much, you know. Uh, <laughs> excited for another episode of Should I Play That, you know, as always. It is episode 23. It is the, the, the Jordan, you know, the Michael Jordan episode. Oh, I did not oh. know you were going there. No, no, that's good. That's, a... that's better than what I where I thought you were going with that. Okay. Yeah. You so go. you know, we gotta we gotta do a big this episode. We gotta you know, I feel like this is gonna be a really nice episode. We have a lot to talk about. You know, yes. we have a really good uh, pack list of what we've been playing lately, um, and then a pretty uh, interesting uh, docket for the news this week. Um, couple a lot of a lot of things you know based on numbers and. Where yeah. things are going, where things are trending, so uh, definitely stay tuned for that. But um, man, Rod, it's another week, man. Like, how are you feeling? We are we are officially in August. Mm-hmm. It is you know the eighth month of the year. We are almost through the year. We're about to listen. I hope your wallet is ready because <laughs> we are about to hit a season. That I haven't I haven't seen these many games that seem so interesting to come out all together at the same time. I haven't seen this since I don't know, maybe since 2011. Um, where I feel a like it's like back to back just sort of seem like my wallet's just gonna be stressed the whole time. Yeah, I feel like it was like maybe 2016 or 17 where we got like a huge dilute just a giant avalanche of games that year i want to say it was a few years ago it was a little no i do remember 2011 i believe that was an insane year i think it was like 10 or 11 one of those was like absolutely crazy um but i I think we had one relatively recently at least within the the last five years yeah so i don't like listeners like i hope you guys are ready for this because i'm excited for a lot of these games coming out yes yes I mean, uh, in August alone, like, I mean, we got Astral Chain. Uh, we were just talking about Pillars of Eternity coming out on Switch. Um, I mean, it, what we got, uh, not Borderlands, right? That's September. I mean, September, though, like, that's just a month mm-hmm. away. And um, then, then you have games that are sort of, like, sneaking up on you. I think uh, last week we were talking, and the people that made um, Until Dawn, they have a game coming out called yeah. Man of Medan. And, yeah, like, yeah. I knew nothing of it until, um, I think... It was maybe like some sort of like a YouTube ad, or it was uh, something that just randomly popped up, and I was like, "What is this? What is?" Because it was like you know from the creators of Until Dawn, and I'm like, "Wait, word? What is this?" Yeah. And like, and, and not too uh, see ads are getting better and better nowadays. Where like not too often you're like you know you see an ad, you're like whatever it's an ad, I don't care. But it's not too often that you have an ad and you just it catches your attention and you, and you actually click on it and like the ad actually does its job. Mm-hmm. So like it completely you know got me hooked in. I'm like, all right, you know this game it's gonna be sort of it's, it's just like Until Dawn where it's all about like the choices you make. It's like a horror game, um, but the twist on this is that you can actually play the game in co-op up to five players, which is ridiculous. Yeah, and they have like an extra mode where like it's like a like a horror movie night where I guess. The gameplay might be quicker, the story's quicker, but like his base is is meant to be played like in a single night, which yeah. I think is pretty cool. That seems like a natural evolution for that studio and the kind of games that they're that they want to make. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. 
You know what would be really cool? If, yeah. hey, listen, anybody that has connections to Netflix, for one, you know, send send our podcast to them so they can. <laughs> but just just clip this part to them if you if 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 you, if you agree with me. But you have you know you know RIP Telltale. You have right. studios like that. You have uh, studios like um, and I can't believe I'm forgetting the name of the people that made it until dawn. I think is it massive? Mm, no, like massive. Massive is the division. No, um, what is it? It's. It escapes me right now. But you have games like that. You have games like Detroit Become Human, where like it's 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 really like it's like a choose your own adventure. It's a lot of like it's really cinematic, mm-hmm. and I feel like that would be perfect on the Netflix pa- platform. Like being able to like sit back, you know, uh, get some popcorn, have some friends over, and like right. watch this cinematic experience, and like choose and dictate what's going on. Uh, and then I sort of feel like they've already they're sort of testing that. You know, you have uh, yeah. Minecraft um, story mode on Netflix. You have uh, they have uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch, uh, which is a right. whole movie. Right. So hey, Netflix, like I think that's perfect for you guys. Yeah, I think so. And it's super massive, by the way. So you were close. Super. I was close. I was close. You no, know, it's funny. I, I was. I was gonna say super something, and I was like, man, I don't think it's super something. That can't be it. <laughs> massive. That's it. But yeah. Rod, what you what you been up to, man? How's how's your week going? Uh, it's not going too bad. I feel. I feel like I would. I want to talk about round one, which Ooh, is yeah. an arcade here in Atlanta. Although it is a chain, it's a national chain that is expanding pretty rapidly across the country um so it used to be ooh, correct me if i'm wrong i believe this used to be a northeastern thing i want to say maybe midwest something like that it did not originate here uh and but now it's like you know we've got you got it in florida you've got we're gonna have two locations here in in georgia um i thought thought there was already two locations there's only the one there's only the one okay. in Stonecrest, and then they're gonna they're gonna have the other one in uh, Cumberland Mall, uh, which is by the Brave Stadium. So they'll um, so they're gonna have a second location here, which is super exciting, um, and they're expanding to other states like that you just wouldn't even guess. Um, I Hawaii, I, no, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I I mean seriously, like maybe Texas. Oh, they, they definitely have it in Texas. I'm almost okay. positive that they have one in Texas already. Um, but yeah, so it's this arcade where it reminds you of – it's like a mix of Dave and & Buster's and like an actual Japanese arcade. And the reason why I say Dave & Buster's is because it has like kind of that all-in-one uh, feel to it. So you're getting like you know pool and bowling and karaoke and arcade games but not only are the arcade games like kind of your standard fare like you know you've got your house of the dead you got your standard issue uh kind of sega and capcom you know games but um you know time crisis things like that but the the cool thing about this spot and the 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 thing about it that that really drew me in was the fact that they have legitimate arcades from japan like arcade cabinets um, from Japan, so you know this. These are straight up. I mean, there are signs on the machines themselves saying "straight from Japan." In fact, most of the machines, um, the fighting game machines, 
are in Japanese, so you really cannot read them, to be honest. Um, not even to read like the moves or anything, because like the the actual uh, move list that is usually located on there uh, is entirely in Japanese. Uh, I mean, so they're, they're all uh, imported, right? Yeah, they're all imported. Yeah, yeah. They they don't have many English cabinets, at least not that I noticed. Um, but that's fine because you know you don't need to know Japanese to know how to kick somebody's ass. So um, it's really fun they had uh, I, I personally spent a lot of time on the street fighter 5 machine playing uh people online so it's really cool in that they have like i guess in japan they have like a this card it starts with like an in it's like nasca maybe i might have completely butchered it but it's like this blue card that you can swipe and it actually is kind of like i believe it carries like your online id so it's like you know being on a console but in an arcade because like you have your name attached to this thing. so But they don't have that here, but that that function is actually, like the physical function is located on the arcade cabinet. Um, so it's like, it truly is coming straight from from uh, from Japan, which is really cool. So and, I was going to say, so what, uh, what, what arcade uh, games did you play? I played a lot of Street Fighter V, played a lot of Street Fighter III, Third Strike, of course. Um, I did play a little bit of King of Fighters 98, I think it was, 97 or 98. Um, they even had a one cabinet that kind of transitioned between games. So it was almost like it was like a, a ROM or something that was inside the cabinet. I'm not sure if this was actually the case. But it seemed like they were you were able to switch between like Blaze Blue, King of Fighters, Street Fighter. Uh, they, I played a little bit of Tekken. Uh, they had some Tekken 7 going nice, on. Good stuff. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, they had a bunch of, of different fighting games. And the coolest experience that I had there was I sat down to play some Third Strike, and um, I was playing just the arcade mode. Um, and by the way, this pricing structure is, is kind of neat. So like 80% of the games there um, have this kind of green tint on the card reader. And if it's green, that means that it's an all-you-can-play machine. So it's like eight bucks to play for like 90 minutes all you can play um which is really nice six bucks for i think an hour for 60 minutes um and so i was just kind of you know playing some third strike you know all i could play which was really fun on the arcade machine and all of a sudden my friend walks over and he's like hey man i think somebody's about to play you i was like what as soon as he said that here comes a new challenger just appeared across the screen Hmm. And and sure enough, I look over and it's like, yeah, somebody just sat down and like, you know, they were we were about to get it on like in, in Street Fighter. And it was awesome. And, Wait, so someone that was playing another machine and like across from you. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like literally across oh, the thing because the, the cabinets are all like kind of facing connected. each other. Yeah. yeah. And they're all connected. So um, so you'll have like, you know, one side is third strike and then the other side it might be like Capcom versus Tatsunoko or something, which they did have. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and of course marvel vs capcom 2 had to play a little bit of that i am complete garbage at that game but it was kind of fun um but yeah so it was it was cool it was a good arcade experience i've never had that in all my you know years and years of playing video games i've never had a true um, arcade experience like that where you really get like kind of a like a quarter up experience um you know where you you you, you kind of get ready for the next challenger you don't know who it's going to be uh, you know, across the the way from you, 
And, you know, I've won my games, of course, you know, nice, but nice. Uh, <laughs> representing the shit I play that that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, with Makoto, no less, which my, was like my second tier character. Um, I'd have okay. to play. I'd have to play okay. Broken Shun. But, you know, I was, was going to say, you'll talk your shit. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bad. I'm not bad at third strike. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good time, man. So I, I played a bunch of that. I even got to play some of the um, the Mario Kart arcade game, which I know is in uh, that game is actually in other places in the United States. Uh, but yeah. that was super fun to play. They have all four machines laid out, and that's always really fun. It was actually a part of the all you can play deal. So had a fun time playing that and whipping people up in that. Um, I'm also very good at Mario Kart. I don't brag a lot in terms of games. I'm not like, <laughs> and, and I'm loving all of this, like, because you normally don't. You, yeah, you're you're normally really humble when it when it comes to certain games. Yeah, like that's we, a yeah. When it comes to generally, I would say Mario Kart, oh, Mario Kart all day. I would say almost any Mario Kart except for maybe like the Wii Mario Kart. You could probably beat me in that one, but any other Mario Kart, I will probably win. I'm just I, I don't know what it is about Mario Kart. I, but. I haven't done um, multiplayer in the Switch version yet. Oh, like, really? online multi- like online multiplayer. Like, oh. can you create like lobbies with people? So you can. You can create lobbies with people. There is a way to join randoms. So like, if I were to join a random lobby, you can join on me. Um, but you have to kind of go through like the friends list to do it. Um, so I was gonna say we should totally do a. Uh... A uh, game night for Mario Kart. I would one hundred and ten percent be down for that. A hundred and ten percent. Yeah, I'm gonna like, write that down. Whether, whether that's a public one or a private one, we absolutely. I mean, ask James or ask our friend James. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, from <laughs> from from the should I play that family? Uh, we, we he knows what it is. He he knows what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> James, I I I I love you, James. I love you. Um, so. It, I'm, I'm. It's Mario Kart and Street Fighter. You know, I'm fairly confident. I'm not the best Street Fighter player. I used to be in the scene, but like, I'm pretty decent. I'm pretty decent at Street Fighter. So, I had a great time. I played a ton of music games. I'm a big rhythm game fan myself. So, you know, anything like Rhythm Heaven. By the way, they had a Japanese Rhythm Heaven machine. What? Yeah, I didn't even know they made that ever. Um, but that existed. I did not play it because, uh, I, I was, I was playing other stuff, but I did pass it and I will go back to this place and I will play it. But they had, of course they had pop and music, which is classic Japanese rhythm game. Um, beat mania, I think it's beat mania or something. It's like a, what is it? ID, IIDX. Uh, that might be a pop in thing too, but um, somebody somewhere is making fun of me for this, but they had, uh, but it was awesome. They had all sorts of stuff. They had games. I didn't even know what the name of it was because it was literally in Japanese and I didn't know how to play it. So I had to like kind of assume through context clues how to play the game. Wow. And yeah, it, it was very unique. You really kind of did feel like you were not in America at a certain point. I know that sounds really stupid, but like, like you really, it, it, you felt like you were in a different environment, and and I love it. I love round one for that. Like it was, it was super fun. So if you have a round one near you, which I mean they're expanding at such a rate where chances are you probably do, definitely check it out because they're very much about um, providing you with like authentic Japanese video games, um, arcade games specifically, and giving you that experience. And also try some karaoke. I had never done karaoke before, but that yeah, was. Really- that's- 
that's what I did uh, last time I went. And you know, we 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 what's the term? Uh, tore the house down or <laughs> something like that. Yo, let's I when I say my man, I had a blast. It's it's a fun time because it's it's the type of karaoke where it's not like you're out in the open in front of everybody. Like it's you know a nice intimate like you're in a room with just like your friends yeah. and you're just having fun. Yeah, um, that's what we, it's all about. I I think um, when we went, it was either a mixture of like the AC not being like blasted or like there was just so many of us in our room that we had to like leave the door open because it was getting so hot. But when I say that we had like a small little crowd like outside our our room because we were just having so much fun. Like, that's the type of experience that you, like, if you're going to do karaoke or if karaoke sounds like something that you'd like to do, find, like, actual karaoke places like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's, it's a really good experience. It was so fun. We, we actually had about four, we had, like, four people in our group. And we, the first karaoke room, so it's, it was relative, the room is relative to your group size. Mm-hmm. And so if, so it's, uh, at first we got the smallest room. But something was wrong with the actual, like the actual uh, machine. Like we couldn't, it couldn't function. So we went to the, the front, and we were like, "Hey, it doesn't work." We got a, a free room, or another room, and it was way bigger. But we filled that room up so much. We had people like walking by, like kind of like what you were saying. Like we had people walking by, going like, "You know, what was going on in there?" Because we were just going crazy in there. And the song selection is like impressive. Like they have the obvious stuff that you would think, but. They had other unconventional stuff. Like, they had a bunch of hip-hop on there. I did not expect them to have. Yeah, at all, they do. At all. So they, have, got... they have a ton of hip-hop, um, a lot of, like, really good R&B. What surprised me was, like, for a good stretch, because, like, what I, what I like since it's, you know, you and your friends, and it's not, like, someone, like, you know, um, like, manning the machine, you, you have your book of, like, all the songs, and you have, like, a remote to, like, queue up the songs. Yeah. I did, like, a we did, like, a good, like... 20 30 minutes of doing like disney songs <laughs> that's awesome that is and, awesome and then like, it's like relevant like 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 you know moana you yeah. have like of course like frozen and then you have like the old school stuff like aladdin lion king uh mulan so man good stuff man dude yeah i want to go do that right now actually <laughs> <laughs> that is so much fun yeah i had a blast i i really have not done karaoke ever outside of like you know rock band stuff but um, apparently they have quick aside they do have a new karaoke machine at round one apparently where it's like a japanese one it's called like um drum or something i, I something like that where they um it, it's like scoring you like actually scoring you on like your your pitch and your levels i have to send it to you like after the show but yeah it's it's pretty neat and apparently we didn't get this we didn't do this but next time i might might want to check it out because they actually have uh, japanese songs on there and they have like stuff from anime and everything so i'd be very (laughs) curious to see the list on that oh hey listen you never go full weeb never (laughs) i might have to do some cruel angels thesis on this one man um, I don't know, but yeah, that, that was a good time. Definitely check out round one if you're near it. Yeah. Like that's, and just look for, and if there isn't a round one, check to see if there's like a local like gaming spot, you know, we on this show, we talk a lot with, you know, game master herb. He's doing amazing work in Atlanta, like bringing arcades to public places. So, you know, you have people like him doing things like that. Um, 
you have places like Round One that's sort of like, you know, an old school arcade, but with like a modern twist. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there are other places, you know, in your local town, if you're in your local state. Um, just look the stuff up and just we talked about this before the show, but like just go out of your comfort zone a little bit and just travel. Like yeah. traveling is is really fun. You meet new people, um, you experience new things. Like that's what it's all about. It's just like I, f- I feel like I I I really feel like I'm living life when I'm in a new place, meeting new people. Because when you a lot of times when you meet new people, like you you wouldn't expect to have the same likes as a lot of people, but like that will surprise you how pretty much we're all similar in one one you know some form or way. But definitely, you know, just you know, look it up. Google. Google's your friend, my uh, my people. Like, mm-hmm. just check out to see what's in your state. But yeah, shoot, talking about round one, I think we might have to make that another trip pretty soon. Yeah, I think so. This time together, I think. Yep. Just let me know, man. Yeah, nothing, for sure. N- nothing but a call. But uh, <laughs> if you haven't listened to us before, we are a gaming podcast. Um, we love to. Um, talk about what we like. What we're typically playing at the beginning of these shows in the section called "What You've Been Playing." So this week, Rod, what you've been playing? I finally finished Judgment. It is oh, over. Snap! It's, mm-hmm. it's finally done. What you? So what's? So what's your judgment? <laughs> I can't believe I didn't. I didn't <laughs> expect it. Wow, good one. Very nice. Very nice. You know, slow clap. If I didn't have this mic in my hands, I'd say slow clap. Um, so, yeah, you know, it feels nice to be able to say I finished something and not feel defeated at the end of it. Mm. You know, the last few times I've said that about Days Gone, I said that about Anthem. It just feels like everything that I'm finishing nowadays is just like, I'm just like, ugh. I finished it. I got through it, man. I was, was going to say, shout out to uh, to Eric. He made a comment uh, a couple episodes ago on Instagram. He was like, I posted like a you know synopsis about an episode. And he was like, oh, let me guess what's in this episode. Chris and Rod play Anthem. They hate it. Chris and <laughs> well, Rod plays Days Gone. Still, still trying to figure out why he's still playing it. So, so now you're actually, you've gone through a game. And you enjoyed it, man. How does it feel? How does it feel? It feels. Like, it feels good. It feels like this should happen more often. <laughs> man. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I I touched last week on you know some of the shortcomings of the game because I was I knew I was at, I was close to the end, and so I wanted to kind of talk about the negatives of it because I talked nothing but praise about this game. So I wanted to kind of dive into the things that maybe it could improve on. And those things have largely remained the same. So, I mean, I just wanted to take like a minute or two to just emphasize that you should play Judgment. And by you, I mean you, Chris, I think you, the audience, like everybody should play this game. Um, It's not terribly long. It's if you just blast through the story, 15 to 20 hours, um, not a giant investment. And it's ultimately super worth it um and it's very different from the yakuza games in terms of um in terms of tone um i mean you're really taking control of someone who's a detective in camarocho and you're seeing the side of this you're different you're seeing a different side of the city um in yakuza you're constantly inundated with like the criminal under underworld and here like you see bits and flashes of it because your character has kind of like dabbled in it a little bit but Ultimately, you're trying to do things that are right. Your character never shoots anybody. Like they're not like they're not 
using guns. Stop <laughs> resisting. <laughs> I don't know if I should laugh at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I mean, so it's, it's, it's really awesome in there. And I really wanted to shout out a particular side mission, the very, the second to last side mission in the game that culminates all of the other side missions that you've done up to that point. There are like 50 and they tie together um, tons and tons of like the side cases that you've done into one really lengthy mission that felt uh, fitting and it felt, uh, it, it, it felt good. Like everything came together in a way that was very satisfying. So yeah, I, I was very, I was very pleased with, with the way that the, that the side cases and everything wrapped up and very, very pleased with the main narrative. I thought that it was very strong and I hope that we get a future game with these characters. Like I said last week, I absolutely fell in love with them. So that's it. Does, that's it. Does the, does the game set itself up to sort of like hint towards a sequel? Um, not really. Not really. Like, I mean, everything wraps up pretty clean at the end. There is not. It, no. Like, I mean, okay. you they, they could. They could have another one. Like, you know, by the way that it ends, like, it could happen. But if it doesn't, and we never see a judgment too, which would be sad. But if we never see a judgment too, like, I feel good about where they left things here. Okay. Which, I mean, is I feel like it's kind of a win in itself. So. Yeah, so that's that's Judgment, and it's really great. Everybody should check it out. So moving on to the next game I'm playing, which is actually very similar, is uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2. So I jumped from Judgment straight to this, and like maybe maybe the day after I finished Judgment, I, I hopped into this. And it is similar in gameplay. So, you know, you're still... You know, third person action, beat him up, you know, on Tokyo streets or Japan streets, you know, um, it's that it does take place in two different locations. Actually, if you play Yakuza Zero, it's the same two cities. It's Kamurocho and Sotenbori. Um, the difference with this game is that this game hooked me immediately off the bat. I'm already in. Um, Yakuza games seem to have a kind of a slow build. Um, not, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that these games do. They, they take their time traditionally to ease you into the world and kind of lets you breathe, lets the characters breathe, lets the player settle in. This game starts at 10, um, pretty much off the bat. And this is the game I've never played this game so this is the legendary entry everybody always says yakuza 2 is and if you didn't know already kiwami 2 is a remake of yakuza 2 from the playstation 2 so uh, i've never played it and everybody says that 2 is like the best story in the series or most people say that they also say it's the best villain wait so yakuza kiwami is like the, the I guess the last one, just a regular Yakuza Kiwami, is that a remake of the first game? Absolutely, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, hmm. so you could t- go like from Zero to Kiwami and Kiwami 2, and that's chronologically in order. 
Okay. And and what they've done that's cool with the Kiwami games is that they've actually remade the side cases to kind of fit more in line with Zero. So like in some of these games you'll see like a continuation of like like it like Kiwami the Kiwami versions of these games feel more like sequels to to Zero than like just the original 1 and 2 because Obviously, zero was made way after the fact, way after one and two. Um, so, and I, if, does that make sense at all? Oh no, it makes sense. Okay. Um, so yeah, and and really, that's kind of the beauty of it. So you know, and I've taken, I had taken a, a lengthy break between because I played zero and Kiwami one like kind of back to back, and so after that, I took a break from the series for a while, um, just to kind of do something else, like play something else um and now coming back to it off of judgment like i was really really hyped to get back into it so um yeah so far this like i said the game starts really really quickly you get thrust into a situation that is uh (laughs) has high stakes to say the least Uh, it wouldn't be a spoiler to say you know you're playing as kiryu uh again and i love kiryu he's he is quickly climbing the ladder to one of my favorite protagonists in all of gaming he's just so He's so earnest and he's so stoic in a lot of his in in his personality, but he's got personality underneath like the hard exterior of like this tough Yakuza dude. But it's really fun getting to uh, control him again and and be enveloped in his story. And it takes this takes place a year after Kwame. He's taking care of um, uh, the little girl from uh, the original game. And uh, he is approached by one of the the Tojo clan leaders, which is a a major Yakuza gang, and they want to they want Kiryu to help them broker peace between uh, themselves and and the Omi Alliance, which is another uh, another huge Yakuza group who is basically kind of at on the the brink of war, and they want Kiryu to kind of broker that peace. So. Needless to say, things happen. Things don't go super great. Um, and now you're kind of trying to figure out a conspiracy as to who is after you and why. Um, and you have like a cop sidekick who seems pretty cool so far. She's a, uh, uh, she's a, a, a cop on the force and she's a, like kind of a hard-nosed country hard ass i guess you could say like she's but she seems kind of cool she's got a history and a past that i'm interested in learning more about and that's kind of the thing with yakuza games is that the characters are really where they shine you know, whether that's in the main narrative or in the side cases um and so far i haven't been super impressed with the side cases they've been kind of standard fare um they've been sort of silly i think there was one where um some guy wanted me to model for him and uh take pictures for his own personal pleasure, um, which Kiryu was okay with doing up until he said that he was going to enter them into a contest online. And then Kiryu got was like, um, I don't want to do that. Let's not do that. And um, you fight him to <laughs> to basically steal the, the pictures back. Uh-huh. Um, and there's actually another one that I actually did kind of like where uh, you run into this comedy duo who are actually really bad at comedy. And... Uh, I don't want to spoil anything for you, anybody who might play this at some point, but it, it, they do – Sega does such a great job of localizing the the game that 
I don't I can't imagine that so many of the jokes are exactly as they appear they're, like they're so specific to western audiences that like I'm I'm so interested how they they bring this over like I'm so interested in the localization process here um but yeah I, I don't know man like I, I'll talk more about side cases later when I do more of them but so far I would say outside of the couple that I mentioned like they're they haven't been they've been mostly standard fare very short um i would say side cases in judgment and zero were kind of multi-level affairs where you might run into somebody multiple times to kind of progress certain storylines um and the ones in kwami and kwami 2 so far at least as far as i have played have been relatively straightforward and simple um not bad by any means just different so you know, I'm sure they'll improve at some point, so I do look forward to that. Uh, but Kwame 2 is running on the Dragon Engine, again, the upgraded one. Um, that 6 and... I want to say... I, don't, I think 6 and Judgment is running on. And uh, so, yeah, you get to go into shops with no loading screens, which is really awesome. Um, and kind of go in and out of battles at a very smooth rate. So, And I do enjoy the combat in this. I remember saying that I did not enjoy the combat in... Or uh, in judgment, very much, uh, or at least not as much as I did in the Yakuza games. This feels different. This feels better, more um, weighty, if that makes sense. Like things feel have a weight to them, um, and it feels like the upgrades that I'm making are actually significant. So that's nice. Um, so do you feel like the mainline Yakuza games, like they, of course, you you said that they put more emphasis in the the like the fighting mechanics but do you feel like judgment did they like i guess uh focus more on the story for judgment it feels like yeah it feels that way okay. uh, to me it feels like a lot of the detail and care went into the narrative and the side cases which were um fantastic on the whole um even the i talked about this a couple of weeks ago but even the the storylines with the girlfriends that you make like i'm usually not one for dating mini games in pretty much any game i feel like most of the time they're super poorly written um, but in judgment they actually took the time to make them super interesting stories and make the women interesting and made them um compelling to like get to know not necessarily in a like i want to you know i want to see some boobs but it's like like i actually care about where this story is going like it's not just like i'm gonna say the right things to get you to love me it's oh you want to learn how to uh you want to study to become a doctor like oh this is not an actual storyline but like it's something like that like where you um you know maybe the like one of the girls has like a stalker um basically in, in one of the games and like this kind of progresses and, and it gets like kind of increasingly egregious as like the more you go out with her and the more that you notice this guy and eventually like you um, meet him and understand like why he's doing the thing that he's doing. Obviously, he's he's doing something wrong, so there's no excuse for it. But like, like you, there's layers to certain things that you just weren't aware of before. And so, like, that's the kind of detail in judgment that I appreciate um, in that game. And they seem to be doing, and they seem to focus on that a lot more. Whereas in Yakuza, it seems like they focused again on the story. But in the characters, but they it's very focused on the uh, combat system. That's like the bread and butter of the gameplay here. Yeah, like the the bit that I played of Yakuza, like I've, I think I played 
maybe ten hours of I think five, five or six, one one of the two. But yeah, like that's definitely what's always drawn me into wanting to play Yakuza was just how over the top the combat was. Yes. Yes, so, it, it it retains that. Kawami 2 retains that. Um, and I feel like all of them do. Like, you get various heat actions. They're different from each other, and I love that. Like, each item um, has different heat actions. And you can, like, take items and store them. That's not something you could do in Judgment. And Judgment is a newer game than Kawami 2. Um, so you can, like, take a... You, if you have, a, like, a knife on the ground, you could pick it up, store it, and you have, like, four... We have, like, multiple equipment slots, and you can, like... Uh, you can assign them to certain areas on your D-pad, and instead of like having to use that weapon, then you can just store it for later, and then like use it if you really need it. Like if you're low on health and you really need to kill an enemy quickly, you could just use it, and that's really neat. That's a cool mechanic that was not in any of the other games. It might be in six because I haven't played six yet, but like it hasn't been in any of the other ones I played. Um, so. Yeah, um, I'll probably talk about this again in the coming weeks as I work my way through it. But I am really, really enjoying it, and this this franchise is something that, like, I'm I'm growing to have like a huge affinity for. You know, Zero was my first. No, I played the original Yakuza on PS2. Really enjoyed it. Didn't remember a lot about. It. I remembered the basic beats of it. So when I played Kiwami One, it was almost like a refresher in a way, like a much needed refresher. Um, and now that I'm going through the series kind of for the first time, like I'm seriously considering trying to get through three through five before I play six. Um, cause I don't want to skip directly to six. I want to kind of play the journey like as play I all the, to up to it. So I was three. Was that, um, well, I mean, are you going to wait for them to make a Kiwami three or did so, it, can you play three on the PS4? So you can in Japan right now. You could play three through five in Japan. Um, they have not announced the HD collection in the West yet, but I imagine that that date might be coming. I would hope so. They didn't announce it at E3, which I was kind of hoping for. I was kind of hoping that they would say something about it, but they haven't, which bums me out a little bit. But I mean, mm, they did. I mean, we still have Gamescom. So yeah, we still have. That's that's true. You're absolutely right. We still have Gamescom. Um, they still there's still time for them to say something, especially because Judgment. They were at the time of E3. I think Judgment hadn't come out yet, so they were really that they brought that to E3. Um, so Sega, whenever Sega was there, they were talking about that. So I'm hoping that they'll do like a three through five collection. I wouldn't even mind paying sixty dollars for it because it's they're not going to be Kiwami versions, and the Kiwami versions are like basically remakes. So they they've remade the the game from the ground up for the PlayStation 4, and whereas 3 through 5 will just be, um, not remasters, yeah, remasters. They'll be like HD versions of uh, 3 through 5. And 3 actually had uh, content cut out of it from the Western version, so people are hoping that if and when they bring 3 over, that they'll restore that that cut content. So. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I'll I'll talk more about it as we as as I kind of get through it. But yeah, super enjoying the game. And so there was other one other game I've sort of dabbled in, but I don't know, Chris. I feel like I feel like I should leave this one to you. So, Chris, what you been playing? Or maybe you don't want to actually mention that first because that conversation might be long <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll bookmark uh okay we'll bookmark that game but you what have, what have i been playing so um i want to start this section off by sort of highlighting 
a service that we sort of on and off talk about and sort of like amplify like my my you know love and like the what I want for the future of gaming which is I'm not going to say all digital but like I love me some digital games. I love just the ease of just, hey, I want to play this game. Bam, pop it up. Let's get it. Let's play it. I love that feeling. I love just being able to just jump in. I love being able to, if I don't know too much of a game and I don't want to heavily invest into like paying $60, $30, $20 towards a game I really don't know too much about, I like being able to have a service that sort of just lets me play the game. So um, this past week, uh, just having a conversation, you know, with, with some friends, shout out James, you know, we're working on some stuff for, our, for the YouTube channel for should I play that. But the conversation of um, some games that we played and he was like, hey, yeah, you know, I know you guys talked about Wargroove on the show. That's totally a game that's on the Xbox Live, um, uh, the Xbox Game Pass and, you know, I'm thinking about trying trying it out. And I was like, yeah, you should totally try it out. And I was like, you know what? That's pretty cool that they have that on the Game Pass. Like, that's a pretty recent game. Um, and it's cool that you're just able to sort of just jump in and play it. So we were talking about how, I don't know, you can play Wargroove. I, you know, I pulled up the website. I was like, shoot, I wonder what's, like, new that they added. You know, they recently added Shadow of War, recently added Phantom Pain, Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, they're adding Resident Evil 4 and the um, Banner Saga 3. Mm. Um, so they added all of those, like, end of July. Um, and, like, the list of games that they have for the Games Pass is ridiculous. Um, I'm trying to pull it back up right now. So, yeah, so as of right now, for if, you have, if you're playing this on the Xbox One, you have up to 351 games that you could just jump in and start playing. Um, I'm sort of looking at like some filters, like the most popular right now. You have Arkham Batman, Arkham Knight. You have the new Metro Exodus, uh, Street that Fighter. Just came out. Just came out. You have uh, Mortal Kombat 10, Rocket League, which is a huge game that's yeah. on the Game Pass. Just Cause 4, another game that just came out. Um, that's on the Game Pass. Uh, Gears of War 4, Wolfenstein 2. They have Monster Hunter World on Game Pass. That's pretty damn good. So just the conversation of like what I wanted for Stadia to be, because we talked about this last week. Uh, there was an AMA for Stadia, and there was you know, like the you know the the record was set straight that Stadia isn't a Netflix for video games. Right. When I say that, low key broke my heart. Because that's what I really want Stadia to be, is to be a service that, you know, if I'm, you know, at home on my big screen TV, I have my Chrome Chromecast HD, plug that in, play whatever game I want to play. Oh, wait, I got to take a poop. Let me get my tablet, which sounds disgusting now I'm thinking about it, but like, oh, I got to take a poop. Actually, no, I got to go to the bath. No, I got to go to the kitchen, make some food. Let's go ahead and take my tablet into the to the kitchen, and I can continue playing my game on a tablet. That sounds more cleansly. Like <laughs> taking it to the bathroom, like oh, that sounds. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't poop and, and play. 
you should play guys. That shouldn't be a thing. But um, yeah, like you could take these games anywhere and and I like, play your game, continue exactly where you left off. That sounds great. Like that's the future. Like the other night, I um, and just look at like what we've done to music, what Apple did to music. Look at what Netflix sort of changed the whole uh, video content with um, like uh, watching movies and TV shows. Like I'm watching, um, I think it's called The Boys on oh, Amazon yeah. Prime Video. And I totally was like watching it on my TV and I was like, oh, I gotta poop. So I went to the bathroom oh, and God. continue watching it on my phone. Listen, we are almost oh. at the future where you can poop and play, guys. Just, uh, make, sure, just make sure you wash your hands. Alright. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. <laughs> That'll be another episode, or should I play that? But, listen, so... I don't know, like, so So right now, I'm primarily a PS4, Switch, and I sort of count myself as a PC gamer, because I, you know, I can play certain games on my PC, you know, will be it at, like, low right now, but I, I still have a PC, I can play games on my PC, um, but, you know, I, I sort of shied away from Xbox. Xbox is, you know, they haven't really won me over on exclusives and I feel like if I have a PS4 and things multi-platform I have a PS4 so I'll play it on the PS4 don't really need an Xbox One but I've you know time and time again you know I've gone on record saying that when it comes down to the like the services when it comes down to like the whole like online experience Microsoft knows what they're doing like they have a really good team over there like trying to win people back and trying to get people into gaming, trying to, like, make it, you know, something that's accessible. So, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, me and James were talking about the Games Pass, and I was like, fuck, do I really want to shell, like, I think, I think at this point you could go to stores and buy them, buy an Xbox yeah, you can. for, like, $150, yeah. 200 mm-hmm. So it's really cheap. Like, I could, I could impulse, I could go ahead and do it. But then, you know, this past E3... They went ahead and then, you know, officially, like, it's in quote-unquote beta right now. But PC, right. you got the Games Pass for the PC. Um, so now I'm on the website. I'm clicking on, you know, the list of it. But you have up to 121 games that you can play on uh, the PC version of Games Pass. Uh, which, right now, that includes the Gears of War 5. Texas. Actually, no, I took that back. I don't know why that's on this list, because it's only on Xbox but yeah, Shadow of War, you have, um, let's see, and like it looks like a lot of these actually are more indie games, which I mean, it's still cool, but like you have Metro Exodus, that's a big one, Ark Survival Evolved, Vampire, um, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Prey, Hellblade is part of Games Pass, mm-hmm. um, Surviving Mars, let's see, We Happy Few, The Surge, so like, like I said, you know... They have, like, you know, heavy hitters on here. Oh, snap, they have Valkyria Chronicles. And, like, I feel like services like this, like, I, I'm horrible at impulsing on games that I might not play for, like, months, weeks, or whatever. Um, like, I I bought Wargroove. I haven't finished it, but, like, I have that horrible thing where, like, I'm playing a game, I'm enjoying it, but then something else comes out and, like, takes my attention away from the game. So to have a service to still play these games, but now have, like, the option to play other games. Like, I feel like that's a win-win. Like, I'm, I'm looking at this list, like, 
and it was sad is that there's a couple of games on this like particular page. Yeah, Wizard of Legend, Legend, another game that I bought early in the summer, and I played maybe about five hours of it. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed the game, but once again, with life, with work, with other, playing other games, like I wasn't really able to sit down and fully enjoy the game. Like so that's so I'm not saying that money is wasted because I can always go back and keep you know continue playing the game, but you know why pay that money that for that one particular game when I could use that money to play all these games. So I, Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I mean look, I I am with you. I, I think I'm with you okay, so I'm not with you on like all digital future, but but I am with you on Game Pass and the value of it. And I think you pretty much encapsulated why. Like why it's a good value, right? I mean I think didn't we sort of did we not touch on something I think I remember saying something oh Stadia Netflix for games I think we were talking about Stadia being Netflix for games mm-hmm. and I feel like that might could potentially be the bad version of it whereas Game Pass I feel like is the good version of it Yeah Game Pass is definitely where like Game Pass is, is is what I'm technically what I'm talking about right now. It's like right. have it paying for that library of games that right. instead of you know because you, you have like the middle ground which uh, PlayStation now like they had the right idea but they didn't execute correctly. Right. Where you had you know the library of PS2 games, PS3 games, and then eventually added PS4 games, but they're you were they're all streamed, and right. you definitely felt the lag. Like over time, like I I did the thing where there was a sale on PlayStation now for like a year for a certain amount of money. And I was like, sure, why not? I'll do it. And honestly, you know, I played a couple of games on PlayStation now, but it, I don't know, just having to be connected all the time and sometimes feeling that latency definitely pulls you out of the experience of playing the game. Yeah. And like, they did a really weird thing of like, if you're playing a PS3 game on PlayStation now, they literally loaded you onto a PS3 and like you had you loaded into like you actually saw like the like the PS3 menu and everything like that. It was really weird. Um so that's sort of like they they literally had like off site like a um like a bunch of like PS it felt I think that's what they what it was. Is like they had a bunch of like PS3s somewhere in a warehouse and like you connected to one of them to actually play that game. Um but yeah, I felt like that was like the wrong way to go or something like this. Games pass, you know, you have the service you can straight up just download the game and play it, and you get to go. Which down the road, I'm sort of hoping you'll be able to do of Stadia. Like, um, you know, Netflix they recently added a feature where if you're that watching movies, you could while you're on Wi-Fi download your movies, download your shows you want to watch, and like download it to your device so you don't have to use Wi-Fi to watch it. So that's my hope for Stadia. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have to announce that stuff, though, right? Like, we don't know that that's they exactly, and that's the yeah. that's the scary part. Is they have to have to actually announce it. And I'm pretty sure, like, you know, if I ever meet someone that's working on Stadia or like get into a conversation with one of them, like, I know that's not something that they would be like, yeah, yeah, we're totally working on that because they can't say stuff like that. But you know, listen, any if any of you guys that are listening <laughs> know someone that was working for Stadia. For them, you know, this podcast, let them know that we're talking about them, that we, we love what they're doing. But we'd love to see we'd love to see some sort of like timeline, which I know that on the AMA, they did say that they have a really cool uh, roadmap. They weren't able to talk about what's on that roadmap, but 
hopefully that's something that's something that that's you know they're working on. Yeah. Yeah. We can only sit back and wait. You know? Yeah. And last thing I want to say about the Game Pass is that they they want to solidify that they're and they, they want to solidify that they they want you to like like their first party games. So with the Game Pass, when their first party games drop, you're getting their first party games. So September 10th, Gears 5. If you have Games Pass, you can play it. You know, Outer Wilds, October 25th, you can play it. Psychonauts, uh, sometime 2020, Halo Infinite. They're really, like, leaning into Halo Infinite for, you know, the next box. And that'll be on the Games Pass. So, um, damn, like, I... I guess this is going to be like an ongoing saga where like if you follow me on social media or if you listen to the show, you're going to hear the inner struggles of me contemplating on buying an Xbox. And I don't know how long I can last. Ah, well, but know was weird, though, is that? that like the service is great, but like I already struggle with like having to play so many games. I feel, yeah. like, I'm, I feel yeah. like I'm gonna be in the same. I feel like I'm gonna be in a worse predicament yeah. with the games pass. Yeah, you're presenting yourself with more options. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, like just looking at this list on the website of games that I've sort of already bought but never really played, but and it's being on and it's on you know the service. Yeah, I, I definitely see the value in it. Like, out, oh, for sure, like, yeah. like, like Outer Wilds. Like, I have that on the PC. I wish I had time to like sit down and actually play it, but that's on the service. Like, damn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that's a seller to me personally. But like, I'm never gonna down the Game Pass because I mean, up to this point, it's been in my mind the best value in gaming, bar none. Yeah, it's like, the, it's the future. Yeah, SpongeBob be future. <laughs> I missed that in millennial class, I guess. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Nice. So next up, another game that I played that didn't really have too much time to really sit down and enjoy. Well, no, I enjoyed it a little bit. I, I had some fun with it. But uh, this past month, PlayStation Plus they gave us Detroit Become Human. As one of the free options for, uh, you know, having PlayStation Plus. And, I mean, what can I say? It's, uh, what's his name? Is it David Cage? Yep. That's yes. him. <laughs> this is a David, <laughs> David Cage game. Um, I think I played maybe about uh, maybe two. I, I think it was like a sit-down session. So, uh, maybe about two and a half hours. And it's it's definitely what I like in these type of games. Like I, I like these games where it's a cinematic experience. It's like a choose your own adventure. Um, this one is based about you know a future where where like everyone's living with androids, mm-hmm. and you sort of put you're playing as these androids, and you're put in certain predicaments where it's like, hey, you know, um, I'm in a predicament where I have to like you know, break the Android code where I can't hurt a human or okay. I have to like, uh, if, so, like, if my owner tells me to do something, but for the better good, I have to, uh, not listen and have to disobey and do what needs to be done. Like there's like a, a visual, uh, representation of like the Android trying to fight with its code and mm-hmm. trying to push through and actually, you know, 
do what it needs to do. Like, I think all of that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a real interesting game. Uh, and it's, it's something where, like, it, it's like, it gives you, like, choices. It, and, like, when you're done with, like, these quote-unquote episodes or parts of the game, you sort of, like, it pulls you out and it sort of shows you uh, the map of all the choices and not like of all the choices, because certain choices, like if you didn't do the right things for that choice to be available to you, it'll still be like a question mark. But let's say like... But you'll have the option. path to it, though. But yeah, you can see like where it was like a path or where there could have been like, let's say there was an option to um, talk to somebody and to like interact with them a certain way. Let's say let's say like you, you did that and there was like one or two things you could have done. You'll see that you chose one option. And you might see like another option of what you could have done, but it's not, you know, you didn't do it, so it's grayed out. But let's say like you didn't do something for another option to like even register. You sort of see that branch sort of kick out, and that'll just be question marks. So it's definitely a game that will get you to want to go back and replay it and sort of play differently, see what the full effect of, you know, what the choices are. And I, th- I think it's a solid pick. So you know, hopefully, if you have the P- if you have a PS4, you have PlayStation Plus, you redeem the game. I know that's something I had a problem. <laughs> I had a problem doing that like a couple years ago, where I was like, "Oh yeah, this game is free, cool, whatever. I'll I'll download it," and never downloaded it, so it never like got registered to my library. But they eventually updated it, where all you really have to do is just go to the PlayStation Store, say "Add to Library," and it's in your library. Like you could choose to download it anytime. So make sure you do that whenever these games are, you know, updated and you have a new game. Yeah. But um have you had have you had a chance to play Detroit Become Humor? Become I, Human? I have seen a lot of gameplay. I played the demo, so I did I have actually played it a little bit. Um and you know, like you you, you said it in the first like two seconds. It's a David Cage game. And and that has all the trappings of like, you know, the positive and the negative. You know, I think he does. First of all, I think the game looks great. I think. It, oh yeah, definitely. It, it, it's stunning, like to to just watch. Um, you know, and there's value in what he's trying to do. Like, you know, the the overly cinematic nature. Maybe that's that might be a little disparaging. The, he has a cinematic nature to his games that I appreciate, and I I like what he goes for. This game seems like, and I need to play the whole thing. Um, my brother played it. He told me about it a little bit, and I've, and like I said, I've seen a lot of gameplay on it. And I, and and having kind of played it myself, I, I've seen. I feel like I've seen a good bit, but it seems like it's very on the nose about a lot of things, like in terms of, uh, you know, it's it wants to speak about race segregation class divide like all that like, stuff's in your face it's yeah like it, it, it's, it's it's not hiding it whatsoever it, it just it 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 comes across to me like david cage is making these grand statements that no one has ever made before about it's like a it almost feels like platitude the game is <laughs> kind of what it feels like but you know look i but I get what the guy's going for. Um, and, you know, I'll probably go through the whole thing myself. Um, but it, it looks fine. It looks and, fine. And I feel like that's going to be something. It's, it's definitely a game that since I'm sort of, I guess I feel like I'm going to be playing it in chunks. Mm-hmm. Because that's sort of like how I approach this, you know, this playthrough. 
of uh you know i guess i played maybe like i said about two hours of it um i'll definitely play it in chunks and it they sort of like throw you different storylines sort of like his other games where like it's um it's just like different storylines all happening at the same time so i could sort of like digest it like that and it's and it's really like a it's a interactive you know media like it's something that's like not too super serious so like if i don't feel like playing something you know, well, but then at the same time, like, the writing is sort of intense, too. So I, I can't, like, play it when I'm tired. It'll be something where, like, if I want to chill and sit back and play it, maybe if I have friends over and I'm like, hey, yo, check this game out. Like, I feel like it's something that will entertain the whole whole room because you can sort of pull everyone in the room like, yo, what, sh- what decision should I make? Should I pick up this game and pop this sucker or should I, like, put the gun down and, like, figure out some other way? So I feel like there's, you know, there's, there's different ways of playing this game. I like it. And when I want to sit back and think about it, like, I I actually do enjoy this different form of gaming. Like, thinking back of, like, all of the Telltale, Telltale games, you know, The Walking Dead, um, Tales of the Borderlands. I love that game. That's mm-hmm. extremely, you know, underrated. Like, I think, yeah, I think if absolutely. you, I mean, you'll hear people who played the game, they'll, you know give its praises but if you for one if you love the borderlands universe and you haven't played this game huge disservice play this game mm-hmm. especially before three comes out um i feel like it'll be a good like you know uh way to jump back into the whole universe mm-hmm. um but there's that there i mean they made so many games telltale like they made like i think it was like the batman yeah they i did. never finished batman. i never finished playing batman mm-hmm. um I think they made a Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, all of these games are great. I mean, I know some people are like, oh, it's QTE the game. Whatever, dude. Like, you're playing a battle royale. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, like, let, you know, let games be games, you know? As long as you're having fun, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> as long as you're having fun. Speaking of fun, mm-hmm. oh, so wait, are we, is that the segue into the? All right, I, so yeah, I was trying. <laughs> yeah, so all right, all right, so I, I guess this. I mean, is this fun though? All right, so this next, uh, <laughs> the next game I played this this past week. Um, if you played Super Smash Brothers, or if you're a fan of Super Smash Brothers, you should already know where I'm going with this. The hero from Dragon Quest. In the game. Oh, he's out. New, new character, new update, you know, update 4.0. We got a new character, new stage, new music. Um, let's see how what's the, I guess we can start off with the hero character himself. Um, so his name, I mean, it's it's, it's quote is it's named the hero, but of course it's you know different heroes from different Dragon Quest games, and um they're all like voiced differently. Uh, you all have like different looks and everything like that. They have like different alternates. Like it's 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 a pretty cool character. Like I wasn't I wouldn't I was actually surprised that they're able to do all that for one particular character. So it's yeah. cool to see that. Uh, the hero by far has like the most moves in Smash Brothers. Like okay. he, like because you know he has like his normal like smash attack. He has like normal attacks, but his down special actually pulls up a menu, like an RPG game, mm-hmm. and it'll randomly throw in, uh, like, I think, four different magic attacks. 
So uh, yeah, so like it's like a command menu, like a uh, like an RPG. So you have uh, different options of sort of like moves that you could already do, but then there's like other moves. Like um, there's a move called um, it's escaping my right, right now, but this game is like a move like like called Kaboom, where like he causes a huge explosion. There's another one where he could heal himself. Another one where it's like a, like it's random, so like he'll either do another move or he'll do something that sort of like hurts him. Like he'll put himself to sleep. So uh, it, a lot of people in the community they're they're dubbing this character, you know, um, uh, RNG. Like he's just an RNG character. Uh, he has like a function where when he's doing his smash attacks, there's a small chance where he'll do a critical hit, so he'll do even more damage. Mm-hmm. Um, his all of his special attacks, uh, he could charge. So like his neutral special, he's charging a fireball. The longer you hold it, the more powerful the mm-hmm. attack becomes. And all is that of just his, for the fireball, or is that for everything else? For all of his moves, so all, all of his special moves. So like his um, his up special, his recovery move is. Uh, the longer he holds it, the higher up he goes. And then, of course, like if he does it near enemy, uh, it s- sort of like causes like these two whirlwinds to show up, so it'll do damage to them. Side special is like an electric attack. Um, and while you're doing all this stuff, you also have a magic uh, meter. So while you're doing all these special attacks, you're depleting that meter. So it's not something that you can keep spamming these moves. Of course, mm-hmm. over time, while, while you're doing these moves, that, that meter goes down. But then, of course, if you do your regular normal attacks, that meter starts going up again. Huh. So, yeah, he's a really interesting character. He sounds um, very technical. He's, yeah. So, like, I, I only, like, since he just dropped as of this recording, you know, last night for me, I only had, like, the maybe 30 minutes to really play with him. Um, but he's like when, when they, they actually did like a Nintendo direct slash stream where Sakurai was like, Hey, we didn't have budget to actually do a full fledged direct. So we're just going to stream this. It was literally him with like a pro controller showing us how the, how the character. Yeah. So, um, while the, you know, the live stream was going on, like I wasn't watching it directly, but like, I was like, you know, from social media and like people messaging me and it's it's something where like a lot of people are feeling like he's gonna be an overpowered character, but actually getting my hands on him, mm-hmm. yeah, he, I can see where he could be overpowered, but he definitely has like some drawbacks. Where his, I feel like in the air, a lot of his moves have a lot of input lag, um, and I don't know, like some of the attacks like are really they're really um, telegraphed. So, like, you can sort of tell what he's doing, so you can either avoid it or find a way to just stop it. Okay. But he's, I mean, he's strong. Like, his like his fully charged um, neutral B, I think, does, like, 35, 40 damage, which is a lot. And oh. Smash Brothers. Like, it's, it's, it's stronger than Samus's charge shot. I'm assuming that's pretty strong. Yeah, it's it's really strong. It's pretty ridiculous. And then like like I said, like the um like the mechanic that he has or like his critical hits, it sort of feels like it's like a one in ten one in ten chance of it, you know, uh proccing. Okay. And it's you know, I mean he's he really is like an RNG character. So if you're the type of person where you you know, you are you feeling lucky or if you could make every like if you can make his kit work for you then you'll really enjoy this character. And, you know, the joke is, hey, it's another sword character in Smash Brothers. But 
I think he's really deep. Like, he's really technical. Like, I can't wait to have more time to sort of mess around with him. Uh, will he be, like, my new main? I, I don't know. Uh, people that have, you know, watched the streams, they already know my love for Incineroar. That's still, <laughs> that's still my main. Um, but, you know, uh, characters like Piranha Plant, Joker, and now the hero, they've all been really good additions to the game. Oh, I don't know about Piranha Plant, but uh, <laughs> Joker and Hero. Yeah, he's free for a reason. <laughs> they, um, they, I don't know, they all add something that's, you know, is, like, different in the game. So, um, definitely check it out. You know, if you have Smash Brothers, if you have Smash Brothers and, like, you, like you're really playing the game, you play it competitively, pretty sure you've already picked them up. Um, but they, you know, they added a new stage. They added, um, it feels like two songs from, like, each of the Heroes ca- uh, game. So it has, you know, a good variety in that. They added some new, um, of course, and, like, the the uh, the Mii Fighters, like, their costumes, is pay, you know, you have to pay for that separately. But they have a couple of uh, costumes for the Mii Fighters. And then um, something interesting that they added in the 4.0 update is uh, a couple of, like, cool things. They added um, the Final Smash meter. They actually changed how it sort of works. So Ooh, actually, really? Yeah, so if you, you know, if you play with the Final Smash meter on, uh, when you, how it used to work is once that meter filled up, uh, you could, you know, use your final smash. Like you could, you could sort of store it and sort of use it when you wanted to, as long as you could, until you know you either used it or your character died, and it'll go back to like the halfway point. But they changed it to where there's a a limit now. So now, once you get it, it automatically starts depleting. So you either use it or you lose it. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So I guess they were discovering that people were just holding on to them, like hoarding them. Exactly. Okay. And then, like a couple of other small things that they've added, they um, they added a very easy difficulty to the World of Light mode. So, like, if there were a couple of missions that were just you know destroying you, you can sort of put it down to that. Or if you just wanted like a casual experience in World of Light, you can now play very easy. Um, they also added a online tournament mode, which will occasionally like host special tournaments. And then they also added a new spectate mode, which lets you predict who wins a match, and you'll get uh, like tokens, which you can exchange for items in like a store. So uh, all in all, like pretty you know solid update. And then of course with the 4.0 update, they nerfed and buffed a lot of characters. Um, so you know, shout out to Incineroar mains. You know, we didn't get nerfed, which I mean, I feel like I don't think they're gonna touch Incineroar. Um, I don't think they did anything too much with like Ganon. Uh, but a couple characters seem, you know, it looks like they seems like they um, they adjusted how certain things work because of the hero. Because the hero, he has a sleep spell in his command menu. So they've adjusted a lot of characters, like how they react to being put to sleep. Because okay. I guess each character might have had like different uh, values for that. So they fixed that. And then they sort of fixed like other things that, you know, made her... I don't want to say it was, like, a, a big difference for certain characters, but, like, for some people like Mewtwo, a lot of people stopped playing as Mewtwo because his tail gave him, like, a huge hitbox. And they, in this update, fixed that where, like, his hit his hitbox isn't as big anymore. So uh, if you played Mewtwo and you stopped using him, uh, of course, they, they made other changes with him, too. So I say check him out. Um, I think... Who else? I think had a pretty good... 
I think that's the only one that sort of like stood out, but I think other characters got some pretty cool updates. But yeah, so that's, that's Smash Brothers. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a pretty. I mean, all of those things—the character, the modes—I mean, not the modes, the 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 mechanics. Like, I actually wasn't aware uh, that the mechanics were getting changed like that. So, hearing all of that is is actually pretty interesting. I need to make sure I keep my game updated so I can check it out. Yeah. Um. All right. So here's the uh, the main event right here. The the big Kahuna. Uh, yeah, the big one right here. So, Fire Emblem Three Houses. A.K.A. Fire Emblem, Harry Potter. A.K.A. Fire Emblem. I, I didn't come up with the third one. But what's the new Fire Emblem, y'all? And it's out now. I, I I gotta say that this game, I've maybe put in maybe about 20 hours into it. And I still feel like I haven't really scratched the surface. Like, I still feel like um, there's sort of leading into um they're leading into where the game is going to go like they're introducing some of the um antagonists now uh, a lot of the characters i feel like are like their story is starting to open up wait you're just now in experiencing the antagonist at 20 hours like they, he he just revealed his name i'll say that but this mm-hmm. is also but this is also at the same time me saying like well this is me like talking to everybody at the monastery. This is me um doing more of like the like battles more than I need to so I can sort of level people up. Cause you know, I mean if you played a Fire Emblem game, you know how like at the beginning of the game you'll have characters that they cannot take a hit. Like you'll have turns where the enemies will they will like pick on a character and just destroy them. So I got sick and tired of that. I was like, all right, bet. You want to do this? Let me just grind out these missions. And we'll we'll see who's going to be picking on who. And sure enough, like, uh, my main, uh, like, the leader of the house that I picked, like, it's to the point now where people are attacking her and it's doing no damage. So, yeah, fuck you, enemies. Try again. But let's, all right, let's sort of reel back a little bit. Let's reel back. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses, uh, like I said, re- uh, just came out about a week ago, and it's I sort of made the comparison to Harry Potter, where when you start the game, you're tasked with um, picking one of these three houses, and you're becoming a professor of this three house at a school. So of these three houses, they're representing like different parts of like a country so like this like think of it as like yeah so think of it like it's a continent there's like three countries or three nations that are narrow at peace and like they all have you know uh students at this school uh you have to choose you know which house you go with to you know teach them and sort of like you know go go through with like a fire emblem game you know save the world and whatnot so so before okay what house did you pick and why Okay, so of the three houses, you've had you have black eagles, you have the blue lions, and you have the golden deer. I chose the black eagles, and okay. the black um, black eagles. Um, this is I, really good, by the way. I uh, I don't know. I mean, why did I? I felt like the black eagles, their their leader. She she's she's sort of like a no nonsense type of uh, character. Right. But then at the same time, her no-nonsense is for a reason. And 
for me, like I sort of like knowing how like these games could sort of like really like dive, like they could really break down a character and you could feel like you're actually interacting. You know, this character and like it, it, the way, the way she came off is like, there's a reason why she's like a way. There's a reason why she's like this. And I want to, I want to find out why. Um, so she's like, she's the hard ass. There's the, um, the next house, which was, uh, what did I say? The blue lions. Um, he's, he's sort of like, uh, I guess like, you know, Oh yeah, so the the person from Black Eagles and the Blue Lions—they're both like royalty. They're both like next in line to you know rule their country. Um, the Blue Lions—he's another person like that. He sort of like came off as a little—I don't want to say pompous, but like, uh, yeah. You do, do you that. think you can say that? Okay. Yeah, I would. I was actually going to describe him that way. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so uh, Dimitri—he's um—he's he's a little pompous. So I was like, all right, you know. I don't, I don't know about him, but uh, um, I'm trying to remember the the, the third character um, for the Golden Deer. But he's he's really chill, yeah. Like and like that house is all about like that of, of the three houses. Um, that house has like the most commoners in it. Yeah, you, you know what's hilarious is I'm actually really glad that you picked Black Eagles because I'm probably gonna pick Golden Deer. <laughs> And, and that was like a close second for me. Like I, I was really leaning towards the uh, Golden Deer, but I think I was also looking at like the sort of like the, the other students in that house and what yeah. they sort of like uh, what their play styles are already pre. They're not predestined. Like the way this game is set, if you want a certain character to be a certain class type, you could do that. You could sort of train them into being that class. But of course, like they're already preset with like what their strengths are so the black eagles they already they already had like the characters i wanted you know they had a couple of mages they had some axe um wielders they ever had uh and like with with some of those characters you could either go like with axes or you could go at like a brawling tree which i like and then they had i think they have like one archer but of course like i said you can uh sort of pick and choose how you want them to be um, you can sort of change your class on the whim. Uh, but I feel like they, they, that class sort of had like what I sort of like playing as in these games. Okay. So I like, I like a mix of like mage, I like, you know, uh, I like heavy armor, stuff like okay. that. Yeah. This, see, this is a really good conversation because, uh, like I, I mean, this could probably take up the entire episode too, because like, I, I like, you were really, really hyped about this game, like really super excited about it. And I didn't decide I was getting it until like the day it came out pretty much. Um, so and I was and I did not look at any, much of the marketing or anything like that. So I'm going into the game pretty fresh. So I might be kind of the listener's ears and eyes right now because I have a lot of questions concerning this game. Like I, I didn't even know until I was playing it that the different um, like different houses specialized in different uh types of soldiers and armor sets and things like that and weapons mm-hmm. like I, I didn't know that at all so i actually do genuinely like i mean i i do like the leader the best because the the chick she couldn't stop talking about her royalty and the dude seemed like the the blonde dude seemed like a dick so i was like i'm going i'm gonna probably go i haven't even made the choice yet but i'm probably but i'm like i'm probably gonna go with with the golden dude um but 
like his, I, name, like, his name is Claude. I had to, I had to look Claude. it up because it was it was it was bothering me. But yeah, <laughs> and and like he, you know, what's funny is like like these Fire Emblem games, especially with this one, mm-hmm. they um, it, it's I feel like he's doing a really good job of like really making these characters feel like real people. So like I I'm learning like their personalities. I'm learning who in the class that they like, who they don't like, and how like those characters interact with each other. I'm really excited to dig into that because I'm just seeing a lot of anime characters right now and like I'm not much interaction yet. Um so I'm I'm super psyched to like get into the weeds on that. Yeah. And so far in the game, since you're um, since they divided all the characters up into these different houses, I always found it like in Fire Emblem games where they sort of overload you with so many characters that some characters don't really get too much like say so in the story, or they don't really they they don't really have a, like a personality. I guess like they it's like it's it's a a service level personality, but you don't really get to know the character. Right. This game, you actually do. And that's that's important, right? I mean, you want to care that you want to care about the characters, even if you're playing with permadeath off. Which, which, by the way, what difficulty did you select? So here's the thing: I'm playing with permadeath, permadeath on, okay. but just like every other Fire Emblem game that I played with permadeath, as soon as a character dies, I'm either soft resetting or in this game. <laughs> so, so why, why then? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's the right way of playing the game. Yeah, I, but I'm I'll, going normal casual okay which i mean and listen listen there's there is you know you you could play you could play it that way don't feel bad if you play the game with casual like do not like feel like you know you're missing out on something um definitely like if you if you play it you know with casual mode where permadeath is turned off then you don't have to be like me where if something happens you have to reset the game but they've made something in this game called divine pulse where you can sort of, um, if something happens, or if you make shady mistakes uh, during a match, you can sort of turn back time and redo them. So that's 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 saved me numerous times. Where like if I thought I made like a really good move, and then like a character was just a little bit too far out, and like I said, like the NPCs will, if they smell blood, they will all go for it. And I, I've had turns where, you know, uh, the the enemy characters will not really do too much, but then one character will get a, uh, a character too far down, and then everyone will start focusing on them, and then kill them on the very last, like, enemy turn, and then it'll be my turn. I'm like, oh, shit. Damn. I just lost somebody. So, yeah. So, can, yeah, so that, that's definitely saved me a couple times. Can you do that multiple times in a game, or can you only do it once? You can. You can do it multiple times. As many times as you want? Unlimited? No, there's... I mean, so there's a set limit, but, I, okay. but I've gotten far enough in a game where I think I could unlock an ability where I could get extra turns, where I could do it multiple times. Okay. Interesting. Okay, see, I mean, I've only played, like, the opening match, so I haven't seen any of that yet. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that, like, over time, a lot of this stuff will... Um, it'll, it'll present itself. Um... Something that they sort of took out in this game was like the weapon wheel, so where like certain uh, t- certain weapons do more damage to certain other ones and whatnot. Um, they have like certain class uh, advantages and disadvantages. So of course, like all the flying enemies take more damage to um, archery, 
and stuff like that. But when it comes down to like the actual like swords, uh, swords, axes, and like uh, range weapons or magic, like they they got rid of that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So no ranged. Well, wait. No ranged weapons or no ranged. No, magic no, 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 no. Like that. That's all there. But like the advantages and disadvantages. Like more so towards like the swords, lances, and axes. That's that's out. Like they used to have like a like a, a triangle of like certain weapons doing more damage to other weapons. They got rid of that. But like when you when you start um, coming across flying enemies and you use your uh, like your your bows on them, it'll do more damage. Okay. And then they also got rid of the pair up mechanic. So like it, it was a mechanic where like you have two um two characters and you pretty much uh put them to get like tag team them together. So yeah, so yeah. They, they they sort of got rid of that, but then they sort of replaced it with something else, and that's something that I just got introduced to in the game. So I haven't really played around with it too much. Wait, so I do remember that mechanic from Awakening, but mm-hmm. don't they sort of have something like that here where you um, attack a little bit harder or defend a little bit better or something if you're next, at least adjacent to someone? Yeah, sort of, kind of. But it's, yeah, it's not like where, like in Awakening, where that character will, like, you know, attack with you or whatever. Oh, got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Sure. But yeah, this yeah this one is something where like if they're paired with uh, a character, they'll still get experience and like they'll sort of help you do more damage. But like let's say if that main character dies, then that other character doesn't die. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So earlier we were kind of not to throw your your vibe off too much, but earlier today we were talking about before we were recording, we were speaking about the affinity meter, and you had something you wanted to say about that. I'm I'm trying to think about that thing because I was talking about how I was very confused at first because like the my the dude the very first dude who talks to you I guess says that you're his like he's your dad but I didn't remember that because I had stopped playing the game like maybe 20 minutes after I had started it and then when I came back in and somebody was like hey is that your dad there was an option that was like, he's a stranger to me, which he was a stranger. He's a fucking stranger to me. I didn't know he was my dad. And then, like one of the options was that he's my dad or something, but I didn't know that was like a serious answer. So I literally just answered with, yeah, I don't know that dude basically. And I, and like, I got the little affinity meter and it went down and I was like, what the, so no, it's wild. Like, yes, and this, sir. this never happens to me in these games. I didn't know that there was an affinity down. Oh, wow. Yeah, so so that particular instance where he's like, oh, who is this dude? I jokingly replied, oh, that's my dad. Thinking <laughs> it was like a joke response. But I get And then, so no, it's funny. Like, so yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, you know, that's my kid. I was like, oh, shit. Like, did that, you know, did my uh, answer sort of shift how the story works? And now that you're saying that, I guess, like, there's a set story. I, this whole time, I was thinking because I made that decision, I made that choice at the beginning of the game. I thought that sort of like shifted the narrative, but that's really funny. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I just made a, a dumbass decision, and you made the right one on accident. And yeah, and like I didn't know that. I didn't know like earlier they said something about him being your dad. I, okay, I'm glad that I'm not crazy about that because no, like, I don't because I really don't. I don't think they say anything about that. Yeah, it's wild. I don't know. But but then when he's 
But when you're in the, the throne room for the first time, the chick, the, the one of the, the green hair chicks, she's like, you know, oh, is this your spawn or something? She says something to that effect. And he's like, he kind of alludes to it. So I was like, I missed that in the opening minutes of this game, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, so that's that's I don't know. That's just that's just really funny. I I, I guess I'm I'm really like I don't want to say I'm really paying attention to these characters, but like I'm I'm really like diving in and like trying to figure out who these characters are, what their likes are. So like I honestly haven't made a, a choice where they disliked what I said. That's pretty good. As you the fire emblem whisperer. I guess, but with me saying that, I'm pretty sure once we get off of the show and I play a little bit before I go to sleep, I'm pretty sure I'm going to start making some shady decisions and everyone's going to hate me. <laughs> I know, I've I've put that evil on you. No. But yeah, so like, you know, all in all, like this, I mean, so so like I said, uh, so far, um, about 20 hours in, I'm still, I want to say, I'm not going to say this is early in the game, but the consensus is that a single playthrough of this game is going to take about 80 hours. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long time. That's like Persona length. Yeah. Because I'm not going to finish this until October. It is, but with like how... See, I really want to know why it's 80 hours. Because I, like, I know that there's going to be like a big shift in the narrative pretty soon, but I, I don't know. Like, I... The way like my character, like I'm sort of changing my characters right now. Like I know my characters are over leveled because, like I said earlier, um, like the um, Edelgard, the the leader of the Black Eagles, like she's at this point she's way too over leveled. Like to the point where people are trying to attack her and she's attacking first and killing them. So think think about that. Yeah, that's happening right now with her. Wow. Um, and then, of course, like other enemies are like attacking her and they're saying no damage. And she's and what I love about this game is like the characters. Like, there's so much dialogue in this game, all voice acted. Yeah, so, I was impressed with that. So, like when when stuff like this is happening on the on the field, and someone attacks her and does no damage, like she's talking her shit. She's like, "Yo, we'll try again. Come again. Like <laughs> that, that that's doing no damage. Let me let me hit you with this thunder. Let me hit you hard. And like she she like." They all talk their shit, and I love it. So that's really a, a great point, too, about this game that it seems nice. Obviously, I have almost no room to talk because I'm, I'm not that far. But what I've heard is that the path in this game, like the multiple paths, are so different. It's it's ridiculous. Like you're not just playing one game under the aesthetic of like a different house or something, but like you're experiencing drastically different storylines, apparently. Exactly. That's what's... That's what's intimidating about this game is that mm-hmm. I, since I'm so involved with my c- current playthrough, like I'm feeling like these other playthroughs, they're gonna, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be a type of game where I'm gonna play these other houses like back to back. Like I may, I may finish this one playthrough and might start another house, maybe, but. I, I don't think I could do that. Like, that's, that's a lot of time. It's but like it's, asking you to play Persona again after you just played it. But, I mean, but the crazy part is, like you said, you're able to um, sort of see the same... You sort of, you're able to see the story, but from a different perspective. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's that's just, a, you know, that's just crazy that you're able to see that, but then 
at the same time, like these, this game is so long. Yeah, but I mean, you're getting a different. But that's the, kind of the cool thing, though, is that like it's it's like three games in one because you're getting, you're. I mean, you're seeing it from a different perspective, but like in a drastic way where you're getting a completely different storyline according to the particular people in that house, right? Because there are only certain people in certain houses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, so. of course, like. Um, over time, like with you leveling up your character a certain way, you could go out and recruit people from other houses mm-hmm. to join your house. But like that, I mean, the way that falls down to is like if there's a certain character that like they they're known to love axes and like heavy armor, you have to level up those stats really high to get that character to jump over. Gotcha. So they have to like your house, your house's weapons or something. Well, they, I mean, I feel like they have to, since you're a professor, they have to like that you're proficient in that area. So, okay. like, if if a character that I'm talking to that I want to jump over, let's say they like 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 I said, they like they they use axes, but I'm a, I like I trained my character to be to be a mage. She's that person's never going to jump over to my house because they're like you're a mage. Like I don't care about magic. I want someone that could show me how to use an axe. Okay. I hearing people talk about this game, this sounds like the most impenetrable thing in the world. Like it sounds super complicated to be honest. Like and and, and what's funny is that this game has like the perfect mix of of all of this. So, like we haven't even like we sort of dived in a little bit with like how the battles. Well, we haven't really like really dived in on like how the battles are, but like I like when hearing how this game worked. I heard that you know it was a Fire Emblem game, but then they also threw in all of like this you know three houses type of like um, you know uh, school simulator type stuff where you know you have to interact with your students and that's how like your uh, you know you, there's like I don't know it's like I, don't, I wouldn't call it a dating sim, but like you know what I mean like yeah, it's like right. it's it's like a, a simulation of like a, you know having students. And sort of like training them and like, you know, seeing them learn, seeing how they grow as a character is really wild. And I feel like this game will, you'll have like, the way it's split up is that, you know, there's a calendar and you'll have, um, you'll have like the beginning of the week where you sort of like make a lesson plan for like the characters to like learn stuff during the week. And then you'll have like a free day on Sunday where you can either explore the monastery, which is where the school is. You can um, do, like, a battle, which is, like, where the paralogs are, where extra missions are, where um, pretty much where you could just, like, just, you know, just do battling. You can rest, and you can also do, like, extended, like, uh, lessons with, like, other professors. So pretty much if... Uh, Byleth, which is the main character, uh, you, if you want to level up a certain stat, then a certain professor will teach a class, and you can level up that stat for Byleth and also for other students. Okay. So, so like they, so they give you a choice to like do all that, and like the like exploring the monastery for me is something that takes me. It could either take you as little as like five to ten minutes to do stuff on the monastery, or it could take you up to an hour. To like talk to everybody, to to pick up all the quests, to do the quests in the monastery. So is it okay? So is it like how Persona is segmented off? So like you can only do one thing in the afternoon, one thing in the morning, one thing in the afternoon, one thing in the evening. Like exactly. is it exactly? So you so have it like, is like that. Yeah. So you do have. Oh, okay. So when you're when you're exploring, 
Um, you have, and depending on like how leveled up your character is as a professor, you have certain action points. So like, I think when the game starts to give you, I think two or three, I think two, and then the, the better professor, the better professor they become, the more action points you could do. So if these action points, you can once again, talk to different, um, professors to level up your stat for Byleth. Or you could take some students or take other faculty members and take them out to lunch. You can um, take them out to tea. You can, um, what else uses action points? Pretty much like just, you know, interacting with them, like doing, uh, having lunch with them, having tea with them, doing these classes, doing tournaments. Uh, There's like different things set in a monastery that uses up these action points that you could use to level up stats. So how easy... How how easily missable is some of this stuff? Because that's like one of the things in Persona that kind of stressed me out and got frustrating towards the end of the game is that like you didn't really know when you were going to be missing days because there were certain segments of the of the the month that was like that were designated only for like for story stuff. So you'd have you'd be forced to go to bed. I mean, it's a meme at this so, point. So all right, so there there are certain days, especially in the beginning of the game, where it's like you can only explore or you can only do a battle. So they do have days like that. We can only have like a set thing to do. But then um there are a lot of days where it's like, hey, do you want to ex- do you want to explore? Do you want to do battles? Do you want to rest? Do you want to uh take tests? Um so yeah. like it, it gives you an option of doing that sometimes. So okay, so I mean that's that's cool but also like i'm also wondering like what like and what i mean by easily missable is like for example in persona there were certain missions and certain people i couldn't be friends with because my charm wasn't high enough the reason why my charm wasn't high enough was because like i didn't min max properly like that particular stat so now i missed a whole storyline because i didn't know I would have needed that high of a stat at that point in time. Like, does that will, that, will that happen in this game? So that falls down to if you're trying to recruit other people from other houses and like, okay. and, and when that, and like recruiting other people, like that's not counting like the, the house leaders. So you have the house leaders and then you have characters that are like really like tied into that leader where like, no matter what they're like, ride or dies, they're not going to leave the house. So, like, of all the other characters in the house, you can recruit them. And like I said, you have to have a high enough skill point right. to be able to recruit them. Okay. Yeah, because I guess that's, like, my main worries. I mean, I look, I, I enjoyed Persona 5. Like, it was a fun game. I didn't play it with a guide, um, like a, a, a min-max guide. but And I would really, really like to do the same thing here and not feel like, you know, oh, well, shit, now I want to see, I don't know this dude's story or this just chick's uh no i I feel like with all the houses all of that story stuff is like set within your house so you're not really going to be missing that type of stuff and then like the side quests they 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 put it out in a way where you know that you have to do a certain thing if you want to actually do a mission so Mm -hmm. um I, i don't at least to the point where i'm at right now i don't feel like i'm missing out on too much um, I don't feel like I'm being forced to min-max like that. Um, right. And then, of course, they like if you're playing the game while connected online, uh, when you have those options to either explore, to do battles, to rest, there'll be there'll be a percentage next to it to see what other people did. That's what I was wondering. Like, what is the first thing it asked me is, did I want to connect online? I was like, what? 
Yeah, so that's, that's basically what that is. Okay. Is for that, and then, of course, later, a little bit later in the game, you could, like, send out um, someone to basically sell items in other people's games. It's something weird. Like, I I did it. Like, I sent, like, I sent out a character to, like, sell something, and then I bought another weapon from someone's, like, NPC. But it's not something that really, like, affects your gameplay like that. But, right. man, like, I feel like this... Uh, this this iteration of Fire Emblem, because they cut off like the cast to like a particular house, like I'm not, I don't I don't see all these enemy uh, characters. I'm like, oh wow, there's a lot of characters, and I don't feel like I'm only getting a surface level story. I feel like I'm really learning how these students, you know, what their likes are, what the strengths are, what motivates them, why they act a certain way, like why you know why certain characters are shy, why certain characters seem like, you know, like the main, like for, um, for Edelgard, like, why does she, why does she seem like such a hard ass? Like, I'm getting to the point of this, of like the, um, the story of not more of the story, but like, of like, you know how like in these games you have like the, like the meter of like how friendly you are with them. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm far enough where like, she's now giving me some of her backstory and God damn, like that shit's dark. Ooh. Yeah. So, like, there's a reason why all these characters are the way they are, and it's giving you the time. It's giving you like the ability to actually explore everybody's mm-hmm. story. Okay. Yeah. I. I mean, honestly, the, this entire conversation has has really gotten me even more interested to, to to hop in. And the only reason why I haven't is because I've just. I was finishing. I was finishing up Judgment, and Kwame too took up a, a lot of my time. But, but I'm I'm hyped to kind of get into it, man. I'm not gonna lie; it's a little, I don't want to say intimidating, but it's like you know, there's a lot of shit to learn. It seems like in this game. So, you and know, then, and then when it comes down to the battling, like the battling mm-hmm. is it's typical. You know, it's a strategy game. It's a Fire Emblem game that really hasn't changed too much. They added an option to zoom in so far where it looks like it's a third person battle. I was so confused at first because i was just pressing buttons on that opening battle and i zoomed in so far i didn't know how to get out and i was like huh this is a really weird uh perspective to take for the entire game yeah i don't i i've tried playing some battles with that but i always eventually zoom out and like play traditional fire emblem yeah yeah so like it's cool that they give you the options to sort of change up that mechanic but I, I I like my top down. I like knowing where enemies are. Like it's it's cool seeing the battlefield in that perspective. But yeah. um, I don't know. It's not for me. At least it, like it's a novelty. Yeah, but yeah, that's Fire Emblem Three Houses. That's you know like you know a quick look at that. Um, of course, I'll be playing this all the way through. Um, I'll give more uh, input over time. But yeah, this is a great game if you like strategy games. If you uh, if you ever play Persona and you like that whole um, aspect of like you know getting to know characters and socializing with them, then you'll like that. And like all of this stuff is like it's all different parts of the game. It's not like um, you know you're only battling or you're only doing this stuff. Like it's a good mix. Like I never feel like I'm forced to do a certain part of the game for too long. Right. Right. I feel like it's perfectly balanced. And by perfectly balanced, of course, with this game being an 80-hour long game, like, yes, like, I'm spending an hour in a monastery talking to everybody. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, 
I'm in a battle and trying to make sure that my characters aren't dying. So, like, I'm tactically, like, trying to make sure certain characters in certain positions. So, like, the battles are, you know, they can be long, especially the story battles. But it's, it's you know, so far so good. Like, I'm loving this game. Excellent. I, I personally can't wait to hear you talk about it. I'm, I can't wait to get into it so I can talk about it with some depth as well. So Nice, nice. So, all right. So, um, man. So Yeah. We've... <laughs> what, what else do we have time for? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we can sort of breeze through uh, our news uh, for the week. Um, of course, we're not going <laughs> to take too long. We're, I guess we're just going to sort of like, you know, just, you know, quick fire these uh, news bits for the week. Uh, but uh, Rod, you had the first story. Yeah, so this first one I wanted to mention just really quick was uh, Phil Spencer was out there talking about uh, the Xbox first party support. And I just thought it was interesting. The the headline actually this was from a WCC uh, Ftech dot com. They had an interview with Phil Spencer. Uh, well, they it was actually in a Fortune magazine, but they they translated some of it. Um, and it, it was a pretty lengthy interview. It was a video interview actually. And there was a particular bit where he was talking about uh, first party. And I want to just kind of quote him a little bit here. He said, quote, I think the power of content, I see it every day, the things that people come to Xbox. Very few people turn on their Xbox to stare at the dashboard. People turn on, turn on their Xbox to go play games. I think us having a strong first-party Xbox means when we I think about Xbox, I'm going to think about quality games. We have work to do there. We haven't done our best work over the last few years with our first-party output. We made a conscious effort to invest in our first party. I think some of that is standing on stage and announcing the acquisition studios. Some it's the hiring that we're doing at the studios that we already have. Some of it is ensuring that we have the right amount of time and we're able to focus. Some of that is just, you know, the autonomy that I have in running games, the games organization now under Satya that allows us to look at game development for what it is. So, uh, oh, and he also said uh, it's not always easy to schedule those things right uh, not always easy to schedule those things and ensure that we have the time to get things right. That hasn't been true in the organization, and I feel good about that. End quote. So I just wanted to just highlight this for a second because, I mean, coming off of E3, coming off of everything that we've said about Microsoft in the last really few months, I would say, uh, but especially after E3, like we've 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 seen kind of the steps that. Microsoft, uh, you know, they're they're taking. Uh, we saw the acquisition from last year of a bunch of those studios. We saw a few more from this year, and with Game Pass all the way through 2019, I mean, we we're seeing um, we're seeing them trying to dominate a space uh, that they've been losing <laughs> i mean for for lack of a better term uh they've been not doing super well um pretty much all across the board but they seem to be getting uh goodwill back which is nice um they seem to be uh, putting out some of the best uh, deals out there like in gaming like we were mentioning earlier you know we talked about game pass during your what you've been playing segment um and you know, I don't think that's an accident. I don't think I think that they are truly gearing up for next gen. Um, they're they're ready to hit hard, and I think that once that thing is officially announced and they start showing some some games that the, that uh, some of these studios are are in the making, um, like Ninja Theory um, and uh, Turn Ten and all these other awesome studios, Double Fine, 
all these studios, I think, uh, I think, are, do they have Obsidian? Is that? Yeah. yeah okay. So, yeah, they have Obsidian. That's insane to me. Um, but they have Obsidian as well. So seeing what the original IP is going to be for these, because I don't think that they're hiring Obsidian to do fucking Halo, you know, like, or whatever. Like, they're, these, they're going to have, you know, brand new IP, and it's going to be super exciting. And really, I just wanted to highlight the fact that Phil Spencer is, I think, uh, very good for the brand, um, you know, as far as, you know, my perspective as an outsider goes, like, you know, I I like what he's saying, um, you know, it, he's been saying this for a while, but I mean, it takes a while, right? It takes a while to get these things to come to fruition, um, and he's really had to kind of right the ship, and I think he's done a pretty good job, uh, a pretty notable job, especially with the one, you know, towards the end of the one's life cycle, it seems like it's it's kind of sort of fighting its footing finally. So that's, that's really cool. And I just wanted to sort of highlight that really quickly. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like, I mean, we said it before, um, Xbox, they are, they're trying. Like, I feel like they, their services are, you know, games pass is the way to go with, you know, the whole Netflix for games type of like mindset. Mm-hmm. And then they're what what they're doing with the free games of having Xbox Live Gold. Like every month, it's like wow, that's a really good month, you know. And it happens. It feels like every month, it feels like they're putting out good stuff. Uh, so yeah. yeah, shout out, shout out to them. Shout out to Microsoft, to Xbox. You know, they're, they're trying to do their thing. Yeah. But um, next up, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna put a damper to that because guess what? Sony has sold. 1 million PS4s. No, 100 million PS4s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100 million. That's a huge difference. Huge. 100, uh, 100 million PS4s. Um, that's huge. That is, uh, I want to say, like, it's it's been the quickest that, you know, a company has gotten to that point. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I'm... I don't have like the numbers in front of me, but I think that's um is that more than the PS2 at this point? Lifetime sales might very well be. Um Yeah, yeah I that all I know is a hundred million PlayStation 4s is a lot of potential knack buyers. Okay, so yeah, so I just I pulled it up. It took um it took PS2 a total of five years and nine months. And it took PS4 a total of five years and seven months. So it took the crown as the fastest home console to reach 100 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sold faster than the PS2 and the Wii, which, you know, the Wii was like right behind that. Right. So, you know, that's huge. It shows that, you know, obviously the PS4 technically won, quote unquote, this generation with sales. Um, mm-hmm. They hit the ground running when they, uh, you know, when the PS4 came out. Uh, between the whole like you know playing used games and not playing news used games like they they took full advantage of that oh absolutely yeah yeah i mean there was yeah who who wouldn't in that situation you know microsoft shot themselves in the foot very quickly um and they were there to pick up everything else and i mean it also helped that they beat them to market at a hundred dollars less um while having Mm -hmm. the more powerful console i mean they, I mean, I, I don't want to take away – I don't want to just say that, you know, Microsoft did it to themselves. I mean, it was a part of it. But, like, Sony, they made good moves, you know? They made strategic moves. 
Yeah. And then another quick note is that um, with this past quarter, uh, Sony has actually, like, a majority of their software sales has now shifted over to digital. That is huge. That's the first time that's ever happened, right? Yeah. So um, for the most part, it's like the split over like the past year. It's normally have been um, like a huge portion physical and then like a quarter of that being digital. But like over time, you sort of saw it like creep up, creep up, um, you know, more and more. And now officially like it's overpassed physical. So you're looking at a 53% digital, 42% um, uh, physical split. So, yo, guys, this is it. We're in the future. Oh, God. Uh, it's coming. <laughs> it is approaching, like, really fast. I wanted to say this is completely out of my ass, but I, I'm almost positive that I read somewhere um, that, you know, this that was going to happen sooner than we thought. Um, and to have it happen now in the middle of – you know, 2019 is like, it's a big deal. It's, yep. it's a big deal. Yeah. Yep. So we'll definitely see, you know, the future of cloud gaming, see how that affects, uh, you know, how that affects everything. But time will tell to see what happens. Um, and then last but not least this week, uh, we have some, some Fortnite news. Oh, shit. What have we got in Fortnite? So uh, this past week, they had the World Cup. Fortnite. That's the thing, y'all. Um, and a Fortnite player, Kyle, uh, I think it's, it's Buga, Buga, uh, Gearsdorf. I can't sure. believe I think sure. that's his last name. But, um, 16 year old has, you know, he, he beat a ton of like really high profile players, uh, in this World Cup. And can you guess how much money he made winning the World Cup of Fortnite? Go ahead and take a guess. Two million. Nope, higher. Five? No, a little bit lower. All right. Four. Three million dollars. That's insane. That's so insane. so that's that's more than uh what Tiger Woods made winning the uh um PGA tour. Or the what was it? Wow. The yeah. Masters, maybe? Masters. Yeah, the Masters. That's more than, you know, Tiger made. I don't know how to feel about this. I So, I mean, I I would like to see, because I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I would like to see the numbers for Fortnite, like the, the user numbers. Like, is that game, I know it's still, it's still popular, still hot, but, like, is it as hot as it once was? It All right, so when you look at, um, like, Twitch, Numbers, it's gone down, but at the same time, like, Fortnite at this point has, it's of course like a worldwide phenomenon. You have uh, t like the merch, t-shirts, book book bags, um, clothing, like you have a lot, like, um, and it's all about, you know, advertising, um, how, how much extra revenue you can make off of the stuff. Uh, and I think that's where they sort of capitalized on Fortnite. Like they they took that and they they ran with it really quickly. So um, being able to make so much money off of this type of stuff, I think that's where that's why they were able to have a price pool this big. I don't know what the the total 
uh, prize pool was for the World Cup, but I do have um, I do have in front of me what the top you know five made. Of course, number one made three million. Um, second place made one million eight hundred. Third place made one one million two hundred. Uh, fourth, a little over one million, and then fifth made nine hundred thousand. And then it just you know keeps going down from that. Mm-hmm. So. You know, all of that is like, you know, it's advertisement money, it's, um, you know, ticket sales, it's it's a lot of things that really go into it. So I think this opened up, and and, I, and of course it also made rounds on um, on just regular news circuits. So uh, the, you know, the guy, the kid that made first place, you know, right after he was on uh, a bunch of late night shows... Uh, being interviewed, he was. Wow. Of course, he was, yeah. He was on like, yeah. I almost, I think it was maybe Good Morning America. He was like, he made like they. He's, he was, he was on like a news circuit, like talking about this stuff. Mm. So this is the. We always talk about how like esports is the future. Like this, this is like huge. I mean, it was pretty surreal to see, like, to be out on a Friday night a couple of weeks ago, and. Like there were, there was a ESPN were, were on like a bunch of the TVs, and it was a Apex Legends tournament. Wow, that's huh. like on on the regular ass ESPN channel, like not ESPN two or three or whatever. Like no, it was like ESPN one, like on the actual cable network. So I mean, we're we're living in an age where like more esport teams are being formed, um, more celebrities are you know backing these things. I think, um, of course, you have like you know Rick Fox; he's uh, behind Echo Fox. I think Drake just invested a couple months ago into another team. I don't remember the name off the top of my head. Oh wow! Yes, Toronto team. Uh, but like it's, it's something where like more and more people are investing into this. So what if, what if Drake? invest in the Toronto Defiant from the Overwatch League. That would be bananas. Mm. And and I and I feel like the the more popular, you know, that the these esports are getting, the more we'll see stuff like that. So yeah. yeah. Um and it's it's just a snowball effect. Like we, you know, just a year ago, think about it. Just a year ago, we were talking about how Drake was playing Fortnite with Ninja and you saw where that took Ninja. Look at you know you know what this kid did by winning the World Cup with this huge prize pool. Like of course, like on you know Twitter, Twitter took this and like ran with it. You know, you said you had a bunch of memes of like people saying um, they're, they're gonna start telling their kids, "Yo, put that book down. I need you to pick up this PlayStation controller and pay and play Fortnite for three four hours." Like that's you know. That's like the you know the the distant future because you know the, the you know we have scholarships for uh, uh, collegiate teams now. Um, you have uh, and now I'm seeing like you have high school uh, teams being formed. Like I've 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 seen like a couple of things pop up on my radar where it's like, hey, you know, you can invest this amount of money to start a e league team for your local team or local school. So. This is something that five years from now we're gonna be like, yo, like, look at where we're at now. Like you said, we're watching this stuff on ESPN. This is the norm. Um, it's 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 pretty cool. Like I, I I'm excited. I'm excited behind all of it. Yeah. But 
Well, yeah, that's what we got this week uh, for the news. Quick, you know, quick news week. Uh, but um, we're going to go ahead and roll out the red carpet. What an episode this week. Episode 23. Uh, Rod, what you got for us? We got your closing statements. Closing statements. This was a nice kickback, laid back episode. I'm glad that we dove deep into Fire Emblem. I suspect we will be doing that again in the near future. So I hope you're playing this game. <laughs> basically yeah. uh, and, and and we'll try not to spoil too much like i i i try not to say too much about certain characters and where like the plot's going i think everything that we talked about was like heavily like talked about in nintendo's um and like their uh press tour so like and there's some things that i even t- i didn't even talk about with their press tour so like i'm trying to be really careful about how i'm talking about this game but at the same time go pick up the game damn it <laughs> yeah this is this is a really good game if you have a switch and you like you know anything that we talked about this episode about the game you're gonna enjoy it it's a really good pickup but i uh definitely want to shout out everyone that's on our social media pages on our instagram facebook twitter page um we're on twitter now i'm trying to be a little bit better with posting stuff on twitter so follow us on twitter um, like I said a little bit earlier in the episode, shout out to James. Me and him are working on our YouTube content. Uh, we're going to be working on some Fire Emblem videos. So um, if you see that, like it, share it. Uh, appreciate the love. And um, we would have had some time to talk about fan mail. But y'all folks don't want to send us some fan mail. <laughs> well, mm. what, can, what can they do, Chris, if, if they want to do that? So if you want to, you know, send in a comment for us to read on air, and like we said before, we'll have a gift for people who get read. Should we, should we say what it is? Like, it's gonna be... Should we say what it is? Like, so it'll be... Air? Yeah, so it'll be a uh, $10 gift card to their system of choice, to PSN, Xbox Live, um, an eShop, or, you know, if you're on PC, Steam... Or the Epic Game Store, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not affiliate, not affiliated, but just want to say that. But um, yeah, we're gonna give out a gift card, um, and this is just the start. We're trying to build a brand, so of course, you know, the more people that watch the show, the more people that are part of the community, part of the Should I Play That uh, family, the more things we'll be able to give out. So with us starting off with this gift card, may turn into a game down the road, may turn into a system down the road. It's all about, you know, showing us some love, uh, shouting us out on social media, sharing our content, and then just, you know, kicking back with us sometimes, joining the streams, uh, commenting, and sending us some fan mail. That's how it starts. That's how it goes. Um, but definitely send it in to should I play that fan mail at g- gmail.com. Uh, we're going to pick out the best email of that week, talk about it, you know, read it on air. Um, and go for you know just give out the uh, gift card yeah now, it could be i want to say it could probably it could be serious it could be silly within reason um just send us send us something interesting we'll, we're more than happy to uh to, to read it on here exactly so um we definitely can't wait to hear from you guys um we're gonna go ahead and close out the show with that guys you know how i love to do this guys it's the summer there are a lot of places that are in like extreme heat conditions. Make sure you're drinking water, not just one cl- glass of water, not two, like just multiple glasses of water. Buy, invest 
in like a water bottle that you could come, you know, you can carry with you. Drink more water. Moisturize the ankles. Take your vitamins. Eat your greens. Don't sweat the small stuff. Read more, guys. Educate yourselves. Keep people around you that tell you the truth. Be humble. Commit to things. And listen, your greatest struggles are your greatest lessons. Text your friends that you haven't heard uh, in a while. Surround. Change the sound of your alarm every couple of days to wake yourself up. Now listen, I know in the South, uh, back to school is here. So I know everyone's been staying up late playing Fortnite, playing Grand Theft Auto Online in the casinos. You know, it's tough waking up 7 a.m. in the morning. Go ahead and change up that alarm so that you can actually wake up the class. <laughs> Stop waiting for the perfect time. There'll always be an excuse to not... Oh. You good? Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of movement. All right. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good. Stop waiting for the perfect time. There'll always be an excuse to not be productive. If you're still traveling or you're in a place where there's a lot of pickpocketing, make sure you carry your stuff in your front pockets. If you have life problems, guess what, guys? Don't run away from them. Face them. Because guess what? It'll haunt you later if you don't. You want to make a change in your life? If you know your life sort of seems too monotonous, take it one day at a time. Ask yourself, what can I do today to make that change? Just think about that. Just because something, just because someone doesn't agree with you, doesn't make them your enemy. It's just it's someone with a different perspective. When was the last time you backed up your phone? Do you even back up your phone? Make sure it's recent because you never know when you'll need it. Never go to the grocery store on an empty stomach. Leave things better the way you found them. And this is like coming from me because I work part time at a retail place. Listen, if you see something. And you just, for the hell of it, want to touch it? Don't do that. Like, it's it's obvious that some of y'all didn't grow up shopping with your parents. And your parents yelling at you saying, yo, quit touching shit. If you touch something else, we're going home. It's obvious your parents didn't do that. Listen, I'm telling you, quit touching shit. Okay? <laughs> Make the journey fun. Because if it's not fun, why are you doing it? If you get... And this, this one right here. This one... This one it hits home a little bit. But if you're going to impulse on something and you somehow talk yourself out of impulsing on it, save that money that you're going to spend and put it in your savings. Because you're going to spend it anyways. You might as as well save it at that point. Right? I mean, sure. I mean, why not, right? (laughs) But last but not least, guys, stay beastly. We'll catch you next week. Peace out.